0: Good evening, today is the the 12th of of December, gets me every week, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is, Julie? The Doctor's Opinion. The Doctor's Opinion. Arlene, it's not funny. And our speaker tonight is Julie.
1: Julie, go ahead. Hi, thank you very much. My name is Julie R and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. So I thought I'd take a few um, minutes just to kind of, I guess, say why I can call myself a a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, One is that I have the twofold illness, of course, which the doctor's opinion is gonna go into more detail. But every time that I pick up my alcoholic foods, I will then binge and purge and binge and purge until the cycle stops and could last for a day, could last for a week, could last for five minutes. And then the obsession is going to slam into me, whether I'm abstinent and white knuckling it or even abstinent and thinking I'm recovered. Uh, I do have some pictures to kind of show you what I look like before. And... So I was, I'm 5'2", so I was, I stopped weighing myself at 3'02", so that I believe is a a tad bit more than 3'02". So that's one of my relapses um, that happened in the rooms of OA when I was, you know, working a food plan and and a tool-based program. Let me see what else I have. Uh, These are various pictures. I love the first one because I'm sitting by a treadmill with a A container of chips and a soda and then it was my birthday and I was with my um, younger son Connor Uh, we were at I don't know where we were but I was morbidly obese um, for somebody who was five foot two and the last picture is me yesterday putting I do this every year Um, thank God it's a lot better when I do it in a recovered state but I make about 2,000 cookies so this picture was taken yesterday my husband as before I started bo- boxing them up. You know, we are promised complete freedom from compulsive overeating. And that's where I am today. That's um, two minutes. Okay, great. Thank you. So I, um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if I had a dysfunctional childhood or not, um, because you can be a compulsive overeater with a perfectly loving, caring, giving family. It's just, if you have that twofold illness, And you're a compulsive overeater of the variety like I am. And I use food at a very early age to help calm the household, if you will. Um, You know, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. My mother, you know, raised on a reservation, um, beaten, and that, you know, then I, the God, you know, the God thing wasn't really strong. Um, Her native roots were kind of removed from her on the reservations, but the other stuff was just anger. And so my God was not real important to me. So I learned at an early age from my parents, never trust anyone, never ask for help, do it yourself, make sure you do it better. So that's a great motto for a future compulsive overeater, right? To be in charge, to be, uh, have an ego and not to want help. So I did that up and down. I tried every diet you could think of. Of course I lose weight because diets work for not the real compulsive overeater. And, um, yet time after time time after time time after time i continue to do it i mean i did so many things for my body trying to lose weight it's just like i just think about it just like oh my god and the money uh in and out of the rooms i started um away in 1981 i went to um a weighted measured part of OA in 83 and pretty much stayed there um out some physical recovery lots of physical recovery and then relapses and then i started really digging deep into the big book um when vision for you or actually coffee shop started and then vision for you so i don't know 10 years ago and um you know when we do everything that the big book tells us to do then we stay recovered but i didn't do that um thank god You know, I never actually left, but I wanted to in between relapses. So I have, I'll have two years um, next month of weight and measured, total black and white abstinence, not overeating one iota of anything. And I am totally free. That's just what I do because I'm a volume eater. So I don't know, you know, I, it's just too hard for me to say. Oh, that's X amount of meat, X amount of veggies, X amount of this. So, I went to a nutritionist. They gave me a food plan, and I've pretty much maintained this 155 pound weight loss. Um, well, for, definitely for the last two years, but I had gone up like 20 or 30 pounds, but kept it about eight years or so. So now I'm going to go into you know the doctor's opinion. I'll probably you know talk about myself some more. Right at the beginning on page XXI, you know, it talks about that was five minutes.
2: Sorry. Okay. Thank
1: you. Oh, no, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, It talks about, you know, a plan of recovery. So, right there, it tells me there's a plan. You know, I don't have to come up with my own plan. And I love where it says that um, our members have witnessed a return to health. So that's where I am now. And you can see from those pictures, yes, the physical health, you can definitely tell it's easy. If you, if you're underweight and you gain weight to a natural state or you're morbidly obese, like I was and come to a normal body size, but what about my insides? So that, that comes kind of later. And then where it talks about to whom it, it may concern, it says that he met a businessman that had come to be regarded as hopeless. And, you know, that's, that's what I was. I was so devastated with this disease. Why can't I stop eating? Why can't I be like everybody else? Um, you know, they can go out to eat at a fast food restaurant, but then I go to three of them after I've, I've gone home. Uh, it's just it never ceases to amaze me the depth of this disease. Um, you know, and what I'm doing now is that next paragraph where it talks about you know in the course of this third treatment, what happened. A a part of his rehabilitation, he is going to go work with others. And I, that's what I do. Just like when somebody asks me to speak at a meeting or I volunteer to speak at a meeting, it's like, how can I be of service to that next suffering compulsive overeater? Um, And then when it talks about this man and over 100 have appeared to have recovered, it doesn't say recovering, it doesn't say recover, it's recovered, meaning I have have been returned to sanity, mind, body and spirit. It's because we have that spiritual malady. Um, You know, and then it says, I personally know scores of cases who were the type with whom other methods had failed completely. I mean, I kind of alluded to that before, the many diets that I've been on. I had Suzanne Summers diet, the brown rice diet. I got injections with pregnant women's urine in 1985 because that was, a, oh no, actually it was like in the 70s. That was supposed to help you. Tons of uh, pain ways, legal drugs, illegal drugs, bulimia. Um, I also vomited six times a day when I was 300 pounds. It's like, God knows what I would have weighed like before. Um, on XXIV, this is the paragraph that's going to talk about the twofold illness. Um, you know, the doctor goes and he says that we who have suffered alcoholic food torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is as quite abnormal as is mine. So here I go, you know, it's talking about the body. It means if I ingest those alcoholic foods and any alcoholic foods, if I were to have one of those cookies that were in the picture, I could have eaten 700 of them. That's what would happen. Instantly I would get that and then go like a rabid animal. You know, that rapacious creditor talks about I might eat so fast, I choke, I got food dripping from me. I mean, oh my God, if my husband who's in Army ever saw me in the throes of an eating binge, it would scare the crap out of him. Um It also goes on to talk about that it did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted. And I look at that as unmanageability in my life. And I can have unmanageability with second part of step one in my life when I am recovered. I can see it in my nightly review and then it's like, whoa, I better do some, you know, get get more time with God. You know if 30 minutes in the morning isn't enough i'm going to have to do an hour and throughout the day i need to, something that unmanageability is just like a red flag um and then it says oh, are we outright mental defectives?" i mean my thinking is flawed 100 percent of the time left to my own devices that's why i have to pray and meditate and i have to be close to my creator um because I have an abnormal mind. My mind must change. My mind never tells me the truth except for right when I am totally recovered. But when I let those things affect me, it's like those suddenlies happen and we, you know we know about those that you know I might have had two or three days prior to that when my prayer and meditation was not spot on and something happened that set me off and I didn't deal with it and then boom, it's gonna the, that mental obsession is gonna slam into me because my, I, don't, I have an abnormal mind. And what happens when, I, when that slams into me? I'm gonna pick up. I take the first bite. The phenomenon of craving is activated. I continue to eat. I try to satisfy myself. It never satisfied. And until I can't stand up, I have to pass out. So the doctor's opinion, the theory I have this highlighted that we have an allergy to alcohol, it interests us. But the ex-problem drinker, we can say that this explanation makes good sense. It explains many things which we cannot otherwise account. So it's like I was told, you know, just ask yourself one question. Did you at some point in your eating career lose control of the amount you ate once you started eating of any of your alcoholic foods? I mean, it's a simple question. And it's like, yeah, for sure for me Um, on page XXII, you know, that that, that paragraph from the page before and the, where it says has a better chance of accepting what we have to offer. It's all about entire abstinence. Uh, you know, I can't, I have to um, have hospitalization. I have to have my brain defogged because when I overeat, I put the brakes on any type of relationship with my creator. It's like a faucet. When a faucet start, you know, is full blown. I can, I can see all the waters. Then I can hear God. I have a hollow bone right into my soul. But as soon as my thinking starts getting flawed and as soon as I pick up that food that gets smaller and smaller and I block out my creator every time. And when I do that, I'm rebuilding my ego and then all, all is lost. Um, Because I had lost that power choice and control a long time ago. I think maybe when I was nine years old was the last time that I had power over this disease because it hadn't yet progressed. Um, At the bottom of the page, it talks about, of course, an alcoholic ought to be freed from his physical craving of liquor. For us, it's those alcoholic foods. And this often requires a definite hospital procedure before psychological measures can be of maximum benefit. And we already know that when he's talking about psychological, he's talking about the the spiritual malady. So again, it's all about abstinence. It's whatever, you know, it's not like, oh, you can just define your abstinence. But yeah, you kind of do with a, a nutritionist or, you know, to find out what those foods are, what are those behaviors, the ingredients, all of that. Because if I am overeating even abstinent foods, I am not abstinent. I'm still going to the food for the effect, um, which goes on later, um, page XXIV. The phenoma- phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never, ever happens in an average temperate eat drinker. My husband, he, I, all those cookies you saw on that plate, he's had three. He's a normal, comp- he's even taken one and it's like, mm, really don't like it. Really? So yeah, the difference is, he doesn't have the twofold illness. He doesn't set up a craving. He doesn't have the, the obsession of the mind. If he wants to eat something, he eats it. If he doesn't want to finish it, he doesn't finish it. That's normal. Well, That's not who we are. We are in this class and that's never gonna change. Um, and you know, no matter what we do, I have no mental defense against that first bite. My self-knowledge has never helped me at all. My last binge um, did not help me from not binging again. You know, they always say, think through the drink. It, it, you, we can't. If we are in the obsession of the mind, I'm already screwed. There's nothing that's going to save me. Those thoughts that pre- before that happens, that's that window of opportunity we have. And that's when we use the tools until God becomes the biggest thing. Um, the strange mental blank spot. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I just can't even begin to talk about that more because I've had so many of them. Frothy emotional pill seldom suffices. And how many times have we tried those frothy emotional pill uh, pills? You know, it's just amazing. The next paragraph is one of my favorites. It's uh, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol for food. The cessation is so elusive that while they admit it's injurious, they cannot after time differentiate the true from the false. To them their alcoholic life seems only the normal and they are restless, irritable, and discontent, discontent till they can experience can, till they can experience that sense of ease and comfort which comes out once, not 20 minutes later, at once with a few bites which they see others take with impunity like I talked about my husband. After they succumb to the desire again, as many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of the spree, emerging remorseful, a firm resolution to not drink again. This is repeated over and over unless this person can experience an entire psychic change. There is very little hope of his recovery. So it's like, how many times have I been in that cycle? Uh, Every time I got abstinent, then I did the binge, shame, guilt, remorse, swear off, white knuckle, succumb, binge. I mean, it's just like, oh my God. And, it, and the time frame got smaller and smaller because I used to be able to do it longer periods. Now, if I were to eat something, there would be no stopping and starting. It would be just one flow. It would be constant. So again, it's like, I can't even count the times. And, but the interesting thing is once you recovered, and you start having your restless, irritable, and discontent because, you know, the book tells, life happens. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of stuff in families. There's a lot of stuff in everything. By doing my 10th step, I go to my creator and then maybe a fellow, do what I have to do. And that restlessness, irritable, and discontent calms down, gets removed. I'm of service. So I don't have to worry about having all that churn And then that's what's going to happen. That unmanageability is going to come in and that's going to slam you back into the food. Uh, The next paragraph is about being neutral, safe, protected, you know, by my creator. Um, It says, on the other hand, in as it may seem to be who do not understand once a psychic change has occurred, that very same person who seemed doomed had so many problems he despaired of ever solving suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules so that's where i am today i'm neutral with food the obsession has been lifted for two years two years next month um i don't say i want to eat something i can't eat it oh no i'm gonna i want to try a buy it no i'm not i don't do that one you never win If we are already arguing if I'm going to eat or not, I'm already screwed. I'm already in the obsession and I'm going to eat. So yeah, it's like I, I'm, my house is even with before holidays, my husband's not a compulsive overeater. So there are lots of different foods in the house that I don't eat. I cook, I bake, whatever. And it's like, I bake for gifts. It's fun. Um, but when I'm in relapse, it wouldn't be so fun. So it's like, thank God, you know, we have, um, we, we are requiring to follow a few simple rules, which are the 12 steps. Um, the next paragraph is about the, the obsession slamming into us. Even, and I love that because even in abstinence, that obsession could hit me if I'm not spiritually fit. Um, they took a drink a day or so prior to the date. And then the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount. Um, Oh, I should have read the other part. Sorry. I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. I have had many men who had, for example, worked a period of months on some problem or business deal, which was to be settled on a certain date. And then bam, the obsession slammed into them. XXVI. Oh, okay. Um, These men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. Again, no power, no choice, no control. I'm either an active binging, I'm in a relapse, or I'm stark raving abstinent and I'm not living in the steps. And my ego has rebuilt, which I already talked about, because that's what happens when I start relying on Julie and not God. And I will either be so not emotionally sober and so into the selfishness, self-centeredness and ego those are all the root of our troubles. least selfishness, self-centeredness. And eventually I'm going to eat. It's not maybe, it's I will, because I won't be able to handle that. And that obsession is going to come back. Um, it goes on to talk about, you know, the classifications. Well, we are the real deal. Um, and it's never going to change. Um, I'll always be a compulsive overeater. What is that saying? I think once a pickle, always the pickle. Um, I can never be free of the allergy. It's not going to go away. So it's not like, oh, in six months from now, I'm going to eat something. But the cool thing is, is once we go through these steps, if there's any newcomers on here, we don't ever have to overeat again. Um, Relapse doesn't have to be a part of anybody's story. It's just my story. Um, But I'm just so grateful for Overeaters Anonymous because it's given me a life, um, with my husband my adult children work etc um and you know dealing with life it's like we it's, it's, we have a plan we have a a set of instructions that never let us down and with that i pass thanks
0: I'm digesting that. That was a full meal. Thank you so much. Um, We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is uh, under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Thanks, Heather.
1: We
2: have Teresa G. Hi,
1: I'm Teresa, and I am a grateful and very blessed member of Overeaters Anonymous. And I want to thank you so much for your qualifications and sharing. Um, I had a question. You referred to this as a twofold disease many times, and um, I was wondering where does the spiritual malady and the soul sickness fit in i was always thought it was threefold so could you explain that a little deeper sure um it's just i think it's like semantics i mean we have a spiritual malady but but i've always been told from the big book that it's a twofold illness the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind and we have a spiritual malady and the spiritual malady is you know why we go through the steps as well to become you know that freedom get close to creator so OA has always leaned more towards the three and then AA a lot the two so it's it's what I guess it's just whatever you prefer to say.
2: would like to share it or ask a question Emily I think Robin was before me but I'll go uh, Emily do recovered in Chicago compulsive overeater uh, Julie thank you so much um, for giving service tonight and you know carrying the message which is what we're here to do Uh, And I definitely heard it. And I appreciate real life examples of kind of how uh, the program is working in your life and the neutrality that you have. I mean, that's, it's a miracle. Right. And it's been my experience too. Um, We, I have a question. Um, We know that the solution is to accept the plan outlined in this book, but if you are, coming back from relapse and, you know, can't get a day together. Um, I would talk to a couple of people today who were really struggling with that and just kind of like, how do I get this? How do I get this, right? When people call you with that question, um, how, do you, how do you talk them through that?
1: You know, w- w- what I like, what I say is this is where the tools are needed. And they need for me. This is my experience. I needed to do whatever I had to do, whatever humanly possible that I had. You know, if it's you know, even though self-will doesn't last long, right? I mean, it, it, it's certain areas of our life, but with food, but it's like whatever I could grab. And then if I make a bazillion phone calls, if I'm having one of my AirPods with a meeting. And the rest doing something else. I have to be indoctrinated into the solution. And what is that? It could be listening to podcasts. It could be, you know, texting people because we're in a race against time. And that's where it's like I would say you have to do the tools until they are just a part of your daily life, um, and not like oh my god, I got to do a tool because I'm gonna um, eat. No. I'm going to make a phone call because I want to share something with another recovered person, or I want to be of service. You know, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, it, 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 that we have a fellowship. It's, you know, part of the triangle. Um, it, 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 it's a good, it's a great component. Um, so that's what I tell them. It's like triple up on those tools until you realize, Oh my God, I'm X amount of step. The obsession is gone and now I've already built this great network that I can talk to.
2: Thanks, Emily and Julie. Robin, so sorry I missed
3: you. Hey, I'm Robin, Recovered Compulsive Reader, and no harm, no foul, it's all good. Um, uh, thanks everybody for making this meeting happen, Julie. Thanks for your, your share this evening. Um, I particularly love how the, in this section, they talk about ease and comfort, because that was the first time I had ever heard the, the full effect of what, what that does for me. Um, the ease, I was looking it up, ease comes um, from an old old French word, I don't know how to pronounce it, I'm not even gonna say it, but it, um, pleasure or well being, and then comfort also means to cheer up, console, soothe when in grief or trouble. Um, and it also can mean to to strengthen. Which, um, if I think about what food did for me, it did every single one of those things. Every single one of those things. Um, it, it it gave me it gave me comfort that 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 I was justified in the anger that I had. Um, there there was a, there were you know moments of pleasure. Um, that, that, you know, quickly disappeared after I was like, I can't, can't stop doing this. But then I think the other thing that, that was interesting when I, when I was looking at these words, um, the soothing that happens and that also that the, the, the strength that I got from it, albeit false, like it was false strength. Um, but there, but there was this, there was this feeling of like, I can, I can somehow I can face another day at work. I can I can face another another round of people's BS and opinions that I was sitting there, you know, upset over and eating over. I, I could face I could face the the injustices that were happening at work. You know, like all of that all of that, that's um just ease and comfort. Like there's there's no other better word for it. Um, and I and I love the way that it's described in this chapter. Um, and 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 the unfortunate thing is that that sensation is so elusive that while i'll admit that it is injurious i cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false and i will chase it and chase it um until i I don't know i mean until i'm ready to put a gun to my head right (laughs) that's that's pretty much where i where i wound up so um thanks for thanks for sharing on this topic tonight and
1: i'll pass
2: Thank you, Robin.
1: Elena, you're up. Hi,
4: everyone. I'm Elena. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater and exercise bulimic. Thank you so much, Julie. Um, I had to share on this chapter because it is my absolute favorite chapter um, or, you know, before we get to the chapters in the book, um, because I feel like before I, you know, I came from another program. I think, you know, that you spoke of, and it was, you know, very weighted measured and I had physical abstinence, but that is not emotional sobriety. There's a complete difference. I can be abstinent. It's easy for me. I'm a restrictor. So I can be abstinent, but if I'm walking around like a dry drunk, I'm, I am not recovered. I am not in recovery. Um, And if I'm playing around with my food or I'm playing around with my exercise, um, there's no room for my higher power at all. And without, you know, I I used to think I was so severely damaged beyond belief that I could not solve this, no matter how much money I spent or any, you know, knowledge that I acquired, I have degrees in nutrition. It means nothing, absolutely nothing. I couldn't cure myself and I can't cure others of this disease. Um, And when I read this chapter, I had like an oh shit moment, like, oh, the party's over, like nothing that I'm going to do is going to actually solve this. But I also had a great amount of relief. It's like, wow, okay, there's like something biological happening, that when I ingest certain foods or do certain behaviors, something crazy happens, and it triggers this mental obsession. So it made me feel like, okay, Like, I get it. This is a biological issue. It's very, it's very simple. I have this thing where when I ingest something, I go nuts and, and there's a solution, but it's not my solution. It's a spiritual solution. And so this is why this is my absolute favorite chapter. Cause I can get an effect from anything. I get an effect from food. I get an effect from not eating the food. I get an effect from being on the scale five, six times a day. I mean, I can get an effect from, from all of it, but you know, my body is, is different. And that was the hardest pill for me to swallow that my body is actually different. I spent my whole life just wanting to be normal. And I just wanted to kind of stay a little bit of gratitude, um, before I stop sharing, because sometimes like my phone will have about 20 text messages that I just have to return and just life just feels so heavy. I don't return phone calls. I don't return text messages. And lately I've just been having like, you know, I'm only a year into recovery, but I have this great balance. Now I'm not spending, I'm I'm able to kind of like, like return messages as they go and return phone calls. And, you know, I'm just kind of like flowing with life Whereas before I was just trying to control everything. And it speaks about that in the big book. You know, I was just so exhausted because I was trying to control everything in my life. And I'm just so grateful that my higher power that I'm surrendered. Thank you. I'm done. You got the point. Thanks guys.
0: I just need to interject. Thank you, Elena. That um, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.